0: The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the fourth chapter. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give to you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the gospel of the Lord. So last weekend, there was a friend of one of our members who came and spoke um, during one of the forums at COL and to our senior high kids that night about the boundary waters, this beautiful wilderness area like north of Minnesota and the threat of mining companies that want to have rights to start mining near there and just talked about how the, what the implications of all of that would be to the beautiful pristine waters of that area. Any of you ever traveled to the Boundary Waters? Okay. Well, it is miles and miles of uh, lakes and trees, beautiful area. And everything that you need, you have to carry with you on your back. This is not camping with a, um, a van right next to you that you can go and grab everything that you need. So my first trip to the Boundary Waters... Many years ago, I remember how hard it was to get ready for that trip. And I just remember thinking, okay, you know what? Once we get to the boundary waters, then it'll all just melt away. All the worries, all of the things that I had yet to do, it'll just go away. Because when you're in the boundary waters you're disconnected. At that time, there was no way to even have cell phones with you. And so literally once you were there, you had to simply be present in the creation. You had to kind of trust God and trust the people that were around you that you'd be able to survive during this week in the boundary waters. And I remember one of the days uh, we were paddling along this this lake and it seemed like it was taking forever. And one of the people in our group who had the maps was trying to find where a campsite was so that we could stop and make tent for the day and start getting dinner made and get everything all set up before it turned pitch dark. And on the maps are all these little red dots to mark the location of the campsites. But here was the thing. We were on this lake and there is no sign anywhere saying campsite number five right here. Pull in right here. All you saw was trees everywhere you looked around the perimeter of that lake. And so we had to try and figure out, no, it's there, it's there. Where is this campsite? It's not even here. And so as I started to fear that we might just die on this lake, never being able to find this campsite, Lo and behold, someone noticed this tiny little opening in the trees and on the branches. And so while we started to head toward that tiny little opening, we then got a little bit closer and saw there was a little path that had been worn down clearly by travelers who had come before us. And as we got closer and closer, we pulled up our boats onto the shore and we sent, out, we sent out the guys to go and check out the campsite for us. And, and they were always instructed to come back with a report about whether or not there was a flat land, to three flat lands to set up three tents and a latrine report. And so they come back, and they say how flat the land is, how beautiful this campsite is, how big it was. And best part, the latrine had a cover, which meant that there would be less flies getting into the latrine. It was this beautiful campsite, which we almost missed because we couldn't see it with our own eyes. It wasn't obvious. We had to trust that it was there. We had to trust in God and not just ourselves. We had to trust the people that had come before us who had said it would be there. This Sunday, we hear the story that we just heard, always the first Sunday of the Lent, this temptation of Jesus out into the wilderness. Now I should back up to just say for a second What happens right before this in Matthew's Gospel? We hear the story of how Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River, and then what happens right after that? The heavens are open, the cloud with the voice declares, You are my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We hear who Jesus is. We hear that affirmation of who he is of God's. And then immediately after that, he is thrown out into the wilderness. He is driven out into the wilderness by the Spirit. And we scratch our heads and we wonder, what is going on? Why does this happen? And so we hear about how Jesus fasts for these 40 days, which means a really long time in the Bible. So at his physical weakest point, then the devil shows up with all of these temptations. Turn bread, turn stones into bread. Have the angels come and lift you up so that you can just fall and not hurt yourself. And see all of the kingdoms of the world that could be yours. If you just but worship the devil. Now, of course, this story at some level is so out of reach for all of us because honestly, if you put a stone in front of me when I am hungry, I am going to do everything in my power to turn it into bread. I'm not going to be able to resist that. I'm not going to be able to sometimes resist the temptation it is to think so small, to think so narrow, to sometimes forget that the world is a much bigger picture than what I know. I'm not going to be able to resist the temptation to want power when I can have it. The want to have what I can control instead of having to trust God. Instead of having to trust others that it will just be. It will all come together. It will all work out for good. I think all of those things we struggle with as human beings. And so we look at Jesus amazed that he's able to resist all of those temptations. But really, when you look at that gospel, I think the biggest temptation that he overcomes is the one that begins with those two letters. If. The devil says it each of those three times. If you are the son of God. That temptation of doubt for Jesus who has just heard who he is in front of all of the people gathered as the son of God to begin to doubt his identity, to begin to doubt who he is as a son of God, to begin to doubt that he has this ability to be able to listen to God and obey. And I think the same is true in our lives as well, too. The if that enters into our minds of doubt, and we begin to doubt who we are, who we've been created to be, that God called us good, very good, and we begin to doubt that we have anything to give, anything to offer, we begin to doubt whether or not we're good enough or whether or not we have the ability to do something. And all of those doubts that creep into our minds, what they do is they just separate us. They separate us from God and they separate us from one another too. And so as we hear this story today, I'm not sure how we sometimes resist the temptations in our world. But we can also see in Jesus, the ways in which he resists those temptations is because he remains trusting in God. He remains forever connected to who he is in God, to who God has called him to be, beloved with whom God is well-pleased. And maybe what we hold on to this day is the same goes for you and I as well. In fact, we just heard those words last week when Jesus was at the transfiguration and a cloud spoke, a voice spoke from the cloud saying, you are my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. And to remember that God speaks those words to you and me as well. Whatever wilderness we find ourselves in today. Maybe it's not the boundary waters where we're looking for a campsite. But maybe it's the wilderness of the unknown. The wilderness of what the future will bring. Of whether or not we're going to be able to get through something that we're facing in this life. Whether it's an illness or a difficult diagnosis, or the loss of something in our lives, whether it's a decision that we have to make and we're not really quite sure what's the best decision to make. To remember that God is always there for us, listening and leading us, if we but just look around to the people around us and to this God who constantly seeks to whisper into our lives and our minds. Now, that One last image I'm going to leave you with is the one that the gospel ends for today with. How the devil realizes he can't win over Jesus. And so hang on to that, that whatever we face in this world, ultimately death and evil will not get the final say. And then what happens next? As the devil disappears, it's the angels who come and wait on Jesus. Think for a minute about a time in your life when someone waited on you. Now that's probably a thing that you don't want people to do. You don't want to be considered a burden. You don't want people to like, take their time or fuss over you. But think about how it felt when you needed something, and in that moment, people came and they saw your need and they responded to your need. And they waited on you. Maybe the kind of thing that you couldn't do for yourself in that moment. Maybe it was when you were a child and were really, really sick, and your mother or your grandmother came to you with a a cloth for your forehead and chicken soup and a blanket to cover you, and tissues to have by your bed. And all of those things, all of those gestures were just so filled with their love for you, their presence with you. And maybe that's what we take away from the story today, too. Throughout all of the temptations in our lives and in our world, we're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to start to doubt both ourselves and God's leading in our lives. But maybe we can spend our time and energy focusing on the ways in which we can be present and wait on the people around us, to wait on them through our acts of love and compassion, to be able to be present with them, especially when they're in the midst of the wilderness. Amen.